Hey Warriors and Battle Buddies, this is Gemma Bromley and you are listening to a Battle Within podcast with True and Terry. Here we go with episode number 112. Terry, the inspiration for the program, will join us shortly along with today's special guest, Michael Tallarico. Michael asked to come onto the program to share his story with the community, despite the fact that he's going through a tough patch right now in his own recovery and healing. Michael was hit by a car while walking on the shoulder of a highway to get help after his car broke down in upstate New York. As is the case, getting hit at a significant speed, it leads to multiple body injuries. And in Michael's case, this also included what amounted to a shattered skull and a brain injury to go along with it. We get to listen in to Michael tell his story from where he currently is, and he is still trying to get over the hump. Trying to heal during the height of COVID has certainly been a monkey wrench for him as well. Full disclosure, Michael at times throughout the conversation gets a little bit emotional and it may be a little bit difficult to listen to. We even considered not publishing this episode because of it, but we wouldn't have been true to ourselves, Michael, and a platform if we didn't. Especially since Michael felt it's so important to share his story and all the stories need to be told, no matter how raw they may be. Before we get to the chat with Michael, I wanted to ask you to please support the show by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're getting any kind of value out of the program and are so inclined, please visit buymeacoffee.com backslash battlewithin. We could use the help to bring the platform to the next level. Okay, warriors and battle buddies, here we go. Let's get after it with Michael and Terry. A Battle Within is about Terry and Drew's life experiences and those of their guests living with and healing from traumatic brain injuries with an emphasis on post-concussion syndrome. The conversations are real, raw, and uncensored from both the warrior and caregiver perspectives. From time to time, medical professionals are offered as well. This platform is intended to be a useful way to create awareness around the invisible injury and to help those in the battle. Whether you are the warrior or the battle buddy, the stories and resources offered here take aim at helping you in your own journey. Join us each week for meaningful conversations that truly do matter for those affected. Let's battle together. Hello, Michael. Welcome to A Battle Within. It's good to have you join us today to tell us your story. Terry, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our new friend here, Michael Tallarico. Right? Hi, Michael. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Mike. Terry, like I always do, I'll give you a little bit of the, the history and then we'll, we'll dig into Michael's story, okay? Yep. So Michael is from upstate New York, way upstate where it's known as the North Country. But yes, I, we're from New York. Yes, but, he's, but Long Island. Mm-hmm. I like city. I never ran down there. I always wanted to go. All right, I, mean, I know. It's I always wanted to go down there. <laughs> so up there, Michael. I went to school at Paul Smith's, so I wasn't too far from Watertown. Oh wow! Yeah, so I'm familiar with the area that you're from. Cool, Terry. Back in March of 2019, so we're about two years now, right? March eighth. So a little bit more than two years. Then, obviously, at this point, Michael was hit by a car on a highway as he was walking to get help because his car broke down and he happened to be on the phone with his dad when he got hit. So obviously that makes for 
an interesting and very uncomfortable situation. And he went on to spend four months in a coma. Mm. And when he woke, he needed to basically start over uh, with all those life skills that, you know, many of us take for granted, such as eating, talking and walking. Probably a little bit obvious, but Michael also sustained quite a bit of other physical injuries that needed to be overcome as well. You know, getting hit by a car at that kind of speed on the highway. Part of his recovery, he actually had his skull rebuilt, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. And today he's back to work and uh, continues to heal from his head trauma. And at times there is a, he feels like there's a big bang going off in his head, but is an insistent that he wanted to tell the story and that he has no choice but to get better every day. So he wanted to come on the program and uh, tell us a little bit about him and what he's going through and what his injury has been like so we can help some folks. Yeah, Michael, I'm sitting here relating to you as you're hearing your story and the obvious pain that you're feeling when you even just hear it. I'm so lucky to be alive. They said that with a brain injury as severe as mine, you have to learn how to walk, talk, and eat again, no matter what. And because it broke my leg, multiple compound fractures, they said I probably would never walk again. And then I might, it's my family that I might not ever walk in and I could be brain dead too. You know, when I, if I came out of the coma and I recovered physically, I recovered like tremendously. I'm walking. I went back to work in Texas Roadhouse. No, no, we thought I'd be able to make to work, you know. I, mean, I go to Sci Hall with like disability. I was like, I'd want, I need purpose in my life. And I need to feel good about myself in this whole pandemic thing. And my, med- my mental health has been deteriorating. Yeah. I got to accept the new me. And I can't, it's not the same. Hey, Michael, you are uh, like, you're like a miracle to me. Like, look at you. You are walking, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't tell. That's awesome, Michael. Yeah. yeah. I'm even working this stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so Michael, let's not shortchange the listeners here or Terry. I mean, I know a little bit because we've talked, right? Getting ready to have you come on the program here. Please take a minute. Tell us a little bit, you know, in detail what happened there that actually got you hurt in the first place and uh, what it was like in the beginning. Mind you, I didn't find this out until after I came out of the coma and I was coherent. I was leaving work and I was on my way home and my car broke down and I, I, my clutch, I slipped or something and I pulled over and I, so I started, you know, I called my dad and I started walking toward where Stewart's was like a mile away, but my three, my dad was going to call and pick me up. He said, I'll do it there. And next thing you know, my dad said, I heard a loud noise and I was gone. I wasn't on the phone, you know. Oh. So I got hit. Yeah, when I was walking, yeah. Luckily, the person that was driving called 911 and immediately because I had to be life-flighted to Upstate Hospital in Syracuse, New York. And they said that I was bleeding out because I had multiple compound fractures and I was bleeding out of my head and stuff too, you know, and and uh, I was bleeding to death. And uh, so they had to spot light playing and they gave me blood chance to do stuff like that. And then I was uh, in a coma and they said that I had a stroke. I guess two. I found this out after two. I guess I must have had a stroke either right before or after or something. They don't know, but I had uh, I They found blood clots in my brain, you know, that basically could have led to an aneurysm. So in a way, my family's like, well, it could have saved my life too, you know? They said because of the aneurysm. And uh, when they told me what happened to me when I came out of the coma, I couldn't talk, but I was shaking my head like, Mm-mm-mm, because I couldn't believe it. And no one gets hit at that speed and lives, I thought, you know. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. Why were they really there, you know? And it was tough. I had to learn how to talk again. They watched me eat and stuff. And brain injury is so 
different from a physical injury. It's permanent. My physical disability, I actually overcame. Even brought myself away from work and stuff. But my mental health is deteriorating. And, you know, it's really tough. And I have to accept the new me and just continue to fight every day. How are you going about doing that, Mike? Well, I have some brand new support groups that I go to every month on the Thursday of the 4th. I'm also involved with NERCLE, which is for brain injury. I have a brain injury disability advocate, and I do workshops with him, and he runs meetings and stuff like that, you know, and helps me get, because the way with the pandemic and stuff, it's hard to be social. And, you know, I want to be social, but not, you know, risky, you know? So it's like, you know, and he's helping me. Yeah, it's been real tough. You know, I ain't going to lie. I've actually... It has a real heart, dark thought, dark, dark thoughts. I've been there, Mike, and it is a hard time for people who go through what you're going through. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of out of that part. I sometimes can still get depressed, but not at the uh, real, real dark. But when COVID uh, hit, that was hard, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was right in the middle of my recovery, you know. It was like a a little bit, like a year, maybe about like about a year in my recovery, I think, or something. But, and they said it takes a minimum of two years to recover from the severest brain injury like I had. But I, my, my brain, I've been looking up, and the brain injury will never technically recover. It's all about accepting the new me. You know, and it's hard, but I am. Physically, I have overcame, and I will continue to overcome. I love that spirit. And you know. you'll also... I feel you'll come to not just accept, but even maybe like the new Mike, like I've done with the new Terry. There's lots of the parts of the new Terry that I really enjoy. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I think not even knowing you, but just sitting here, seeing you, talking to you a little bit before, I think you're very likable. Yeah, I would agree with that. So tell me, Michael, have you spoken to your dad about you know, when he was on the phone with you that day, how did he react to all of that and understanding that when he learned what happened? It had to be extremely hard for him to hear that happening. Have you guys ever talked about it? Yeah, um, I go there because he lives in town. So I go there and stay with the weekend stuff. We watch sports together, stuff like that. He was like instantly thought the worst thing because he knew that, you know, it sounded bad, you know, and he could tell that, you know, the way the screeching tires with the guy hit the brakes or whatever and stuff. So he could hear like what was going on, but he didn't know. I guess the next day, and I didn't know, but the next day, I guess he was down there at Upstate Hospital when I was in the ICU out of brain surgery and stuff like that. Everybody was praying for me and stuff because it was looking really bad at first. And everybody in town, it was crazy. Like I actually, I walked out of Sunnyview to Magnesia Hospital. And I, all the nurses were clapping because, you know, nobody thought I was going to be able to do it. Right. You know, I walked out there with a cane, but I still walked. I went from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane. Wow. And like two and a half, three months after I came out, the coma. <laughs> you got brilliant. a fighting spirit, man. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Do you think now you're talking about after this happened and you go watch sports with your dad and stuff like that? Do you feel like you and your dad have gotten closer since? Yeah, you know, and I've been able to open up more to him now about like my mental health and stuff like that. Because mental health is something that's like a stigma thing, and everybody's like, you know, but you can't fix something you don't acknowledge. You know what I mean? If you don't acknowledge it, you can't fix it. Yeah, and you're right. You make a really good point because there's such a you know negative connection, uh, not connection, feeling for people who go through 
depression and needing it. And that shouldn't be there should be more of an embrace thing of, of people going through depression and, and not, well, we got to put them over there because they're feeling that way. Uh, No, that would be the time to be more there for them. I've agreed with my uh, neurocal disability advocate to do um, some like uh, I have some of the meetings where I stand up and tell my stories over there. Cause a lot of people think it's a miracle. I mean, I just think it's lucky. I think God shaped me. I'm not going to lie. One thing I remember, and I don't like to tell people about this, but when I came out of the coma, I was almost like taking a breath and had my consciousness come back into my body as I opened my eyes as like an adult baby paralyzed, can't move, can't talk, no nothing. But it was like I felt like my consciousness back in my body. It was so weird. Wow. Interesting. So, Michael, tell us when you're in the coma and you came out of the coma. It's pretty fascinating because there's something that is new technology that's going on with you that's in your head. So tell us a little bit about that. So um, my skull was so fractured and broken that they had to throw it out. It wasn't saveable because sometimes they can save it and put it in your stomach. And then they put it back in your head. But mine was so fresh and broken, they had to throw it out. They took um, in, or, uh, measurements and stuff like that with a 3D computer or something like that. And then there was a computer, and then they, they sent it out. And they had a plastic bone plate made for for me with a 3D printer using plastic. that they said was hard as bone, but it was plastic. And so now I got plastic in my head. I'm knocking on my head. You're knocking on your head. A plastic skull. Yeah. Oh, I hear it. I heard that. I did. I did. Yeah, it's different. Oh, yeah, it's different than bone. Right. <laughs> How many people has that ever happened to? As far as I know, I'm the only one, but I know it's happened to other people, you know, but I know that people have metal plates and stuff like that. It's been two years now since you've been doing this and you're kind of learning how to live again and doing new things. And you mentioned a little bit earlier that you you know, you're working again and you really want to work and be partaking in society and you don't want to sit at home and do nothing. Yeah. You know, I think that is fantastic too. So what else has been going on that you're still working on these days? Wait, before we do that, I have yeah. a couple of questions yes. about the accident. So you said you were walking? I was walking on the shoulder of the road, yeah. And I'm assuming the car hit you from behind, right? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't really even know. I don't remember anything, but yeah. Was it dark? Um, it was after I got out of work. It was eight o'clock, so it wasn't dark, but it was like it was like seven fifty-three or something like that. They said the accident actually happened in the police report, so it was like about eight o'clock, and it was getting dark. But yeah, but I had reflective clothing on too, and the driver said that he seen the reflective clothes, but it was too late. There wasn't enough time for him, you know. Speeding? Mm, I guess not. They said they wasn't. He. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he got charged with speeding or anything like that. I just know that, you know, he called nine one one and and that saved my life. Life. I know that. Yeah, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, because a lot of people do hit and runs and stuff like that. You know. Thank goodness. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I would have died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Tell us what are you still working on these days and getting better at two years later. I'm actually pretty good at a lot of things. I used to do like I play chess and stuff like that. I'm good at playing chess. I play spades and stuff like that. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm good at board games and with that, you know. I'm into, I do Luminosity, which is a brain game puzzle thing. You know, I do that. So I try to keep myself busy by keeping my brain active, trying to do puzzles and stuff and trying to, just trying to be positive. Like I said, I just need purpose in my life. And I feel like I need that to get out of this state of depression and, and out of the, the depression. It mostly comes from the brain injury. It's weird. It's hard to explain. Like I said, like 
I don't like it's, it's like the big bang is going off in my head every day, or like somebody smushed my brain and then rolled it up and like Play-Doh and stuffed it back into what was left of my skull or something. It's just so undescribable. It's just really it's haunting and just, you know I'm just trying to fight. I've been I've been exercising. I got a plan of fitness membership, so I go there and stuff. And I work out, exercise and stuff. So just try to feel better about myself. I do anything I can to feel better about myself. Right. Yeah. Who do you live with? My mom. My mom. She's my well. I, well, because when I came home from the from the hospital, Sunnyview, even though I was using a, a cane and stuff like that, and I, I still uh, needed assistance. So she was my caretaker. Right. Through this thing called. Freedom Care, where she gets paid to be a caretaker or something like that. But she did that for a while. So I moved back in here and I've been here. So I'm just staying right now until I get out, you know, and get comfortable being on my own, you know, again. Yeah, makes sense. So how does your mom handle with all this? Has she, has she been stellar in a particular area of helping you out? She actually lost her job because she chose to be down in upstate hospital while I was in the coma and stuff like that because they didn't know if I was going to live. And, you know, and rather than drive back for the water town to Syracuse every single day, so she would stay down there. They, she lost her job and they put a fire because they didn't know how they going to live, you know, so she didn't want to leave, I guess. I do not blame her. Yeah, she's been right there helping me. You know, she cooks for me and stuff like that. I cook too. You know, she's just helped me out. Now I'm fully functional and I can do everything on my own. The only thing I don't do is drive. Right. I have seizures now and, you know, I have to be seizure free for like six months. I can't drive right now. I got to get approval from my doctors and all that stuff. You're saying because of because of the seizures? Because of the seizures and because of this brain injury, they just want to, you know, I got to be seizure-free for six months or something like that, and then they'll go over the situation or something. You know, I want to earn my license back a little. I know I can drive. So you mentioned that you like to cook. What do you cook? Uh, yesterday I cooked. I made... um. I made I, I cooked rice and beans with black beans, and then I um I took a summer sausage and I cut that up and I fried it with mushrooms and onions and stuff like that, you know. And I did that yes, I like to cook stuff like that, just weird stuff, you know. Like I'll see Rachel Ray in the morning and so I have a recipe and I'll I'll try cooking that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to keep active, you know, and keep my brain doing something and stuff. I just gotta have something to do at all times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely picking that up about you, Michael. That you want <laughs> super duper busy. Yeah. What were you doing before the accident? I was leaving work and I was got going. I was on my way home. I was at work and I was at Texas Roadhouse. That's where I was working before the accident. And they gave me the opportunity to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but they they were real nice. They all sent me get all cars and everything when I was in the hospital and all that, you know. And um, but they were great. Were you a cook there? Since you like to cook. No, I was a dish. I ran, I was a dishwasher and a kitchen prep. I did kitchen prep. I unloaded trucks, and I also ran the um the dishwasher machine. You know, so I did a little bit of everything. But I was there for a while, and I was one of their good employees. You think you're ever gonna get back there? Yeah, I am back there. He's you back. are back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, look at you all that you've accomplished. Accomplishing. <laughs> uh, amazing. You never know. It's different with everybody, Michael. Like, Terry's not back to work. Yeah. I got lucky. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. different for everybody. Everybody has the challenges and everybody has the things that work out. Just re- You just realize that. Yeah. I was actually on the news. I was on Channel 7 News for Miraculous Recovery. Oh, wow. Yeah, they got wind of it. Yeah. Wait, like, do you have, like, a tape oh. of it? 
Um, it's on the internet. All you gotta do is Google my name. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I'll, I will. I will look it up. Yeah, Channel Seven News Traumatic Brain Injury Support Group session for uh, on Wednesday medical things, and then you'll see me on there. So, but they got because um my uh speech therapist actually is friends with one of the ladies at the news, and so she told her about me and stuff like that. And they said, "Well, we want to do a story on them. We want a thing, you know." So she asked me if I would, and I did, you know. If my story can help one person, then it's worth it, you know? I mean, to tell my story. Right. Yeah, um, I have a feeling it's going to help more than one person here, Michael. And I think also telling it yourself helps you deal with it. At least it did for me. Yes. I tell it, it helps me. It's like therapeutic. Yeah, it's like a relief a little yeah. bit. Okay. You know, and if it, you're right, if it helps someone else, all, all the better. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm so early. So I think because I'm so early in recovery, I get emotional when I talk about it. And I can't help that, you know. But I still, I want people to learn from it if they can. If it can help somebody, you know. Yeah, yeah don't apologize for it, Michael. It's good. You got feelings. It's okay. Own them. It's fine. Yeah. Michael, we're getting close to the end here. And I have a couple of questions I got to ask. Okay. I'm going to ask this question of you that we ask all of our guests. And I'm interested to know what you have to say. What is one or two pieces of advice that you would offer to somebody else who's in the midst of their own battle within? No matter how hard it gets, don't give in okay. to the bad thoughts. Don't give in. Just keep fighting it no matter how hard it is. Just don't give up. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, and when you get to the point where you, if you was one of the ones that have to learn how to walk, talk, and eat again, because I guess with most severe traumatic, with most severe traumatic brain injuries, that is the case and what I had heard. But if you do, and part of your mind says it's not, or you can't do it, or you want to give up, just keep, just keep at it, man. Just, you know, because you do got it. Everybody's got it. Everybody can do it. You just got to want it, you know, and I wanted it bad enough. You just got to want it bad enough. Okay. Yeah. That's some great words there, Michael. Yeah. Very meaningful words. What say you, Terry? You have any follow-up questions for Michael before we sign off for today? I just have a comment. I think that you are a blessing. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, God saved you for a reason. You're meant to be here, Mike. That's what people say. Yep. Their people are right. Well, Michael, I want to say thank you very much for being on A Battle Within today. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely was. Thank you for being here, Mike. Yep. This was therapeutic for me. Thank you so much. Good, oh, good. That's awesome. Now we're family. So you stay in touch with us, right? You keep up good work and you keep battling. But, um, before you say, sign off, how do people stay in touch with you? Are you on uh, any social media? I'm on Facebook. And that's the only social media I'm on is Facebook. You, all you got to do is Google my name, just Michael Tellerico. And my email, you guys have my email. I mean, I don't mind if it's tellericomichael74 at gmail.com. Thank you for pointing that out, Terry. I did miss that. So thank you for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Notes and resources for this episode are available at abattlewithin.com backslash 112. Connect with us at abattlewithin.com and on Facebook and Instagram at abattlewithin. If you would like to be featured on the podcast or know someone that you think should be, please reach out to us in the same places I mentioned a second ago. You can also leave a voice message on our recorder on the homepage of the website if that's your preference. Got any ideas for episode topics? Reach out with those ideas as well. 
If you like what you're hearing and want to support the program, the best way to do that is to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast, even if you don't use it to listen as your platform. It helps us to get into more ears. Links to do so are in the episode notes. Be sure to check out our Battle Within swag shop on the website at battlewithin.com backslash swag. Until next time, for those healing, show yourselves some grace. For those who know someone healing, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Keep battling, folks. Bye-bye.